We are the tide from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. the vandals of idaho welcome back try from the north brave and bold to the official unofficial podcast you're idaho vandals and your vandal affiliate on the big sky podcast network i am your host chris hammond and joining me today we have the best of all time alex the boat boatman how are you alex chris is a tough day for me yesterday i'm not gonna lie like and i mean Mariners won. Well, that was the only Friday. The but, only thing that went positive for me yesterday. But the Red I, I mean, Sox won. I mean, I mean the Reds. Yeah, the Yankees could lose today. But I mean, yesterday what happened? You know, Manchester United ugly draw in the morning. Start my day off. Woke up at seven thirty. Out here for it. WVU goes down seventeen nothing at halftime. Hard to play it. Win a game with a half a football loss on a last second field goal at the end. Then Idaho, of course, just breaking my heart late last night. Started at seven thirty. Ended at one thirty. Had a long day yesterday of just heartbreak. Yeah, my soccer teams did all right. QPR won. Tottenham got the dub today. But, uh, yeah, uh, hoping the Mariners can get dubbed today. The Vandals, so. Mm, man. Mm. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll get into that. Uh, obviously, everybody's like, whoa, what a live reaction. Guys, <laughs> that ended at, like, almost midnight. It was, like, 11.30 my time. So, it was about 1.30 one thirty for me. Yeah. If you wanted it, you gotta go blame our three Pacific time zoners, or we would have had to contact Sean, who it would have been like eight a.m. his time. Like it was late. The SID didn't even get the official stats out until twelve thirty my time. So like, mm. I mean, here we are, bright and early, bushy tailed. I've got coffee. We got. I got NFL going on the other TV. So see, we yeah, I got. I got red zone right up here in front of me. So if ever I'm looking up. That's what I'm looking at, viewers. I got Reds on Sam Darnold just scored. Caden uh, yeah. Ellis has been playing quite a bit for the Saints. Yeah, like, he's he been just, playing in a lot of he, packages. He's like a scoop and score get taken back due to a yeah. penalty before the play, yeah. but he stripped, scooped, scored. Just didn't he had a pre- he had a he had a pressure earlier in this game, so he's been playing quite a bit. So Caden's been playing more on a isn't defense Christian, number. F- isn't Christian with the Eagles right now? Is he on the practice squad? I'm not sure. I too many practice squads. Too many practice squads. Oh, big Vikings play. Anyway, uh, Anywho. <laughs> too many, too many, pra- too many practice squad spots. Uh, Jeff Cotton still on the Jags, and Jags. maybe DJ Chark just b- broke an ankle, so yeah. their receiver. So maybe Jeff could get a call up to the full team here. We'll see. Yeah, and it looks like we might have a couple wide receivers ready to take his place. But let, let's talk about that game as a whole. Like, let's go yeah. into starting with our with our uh, predictions. You and I both had him at ten point loss, right? I think I had mm-hmm. it 30-20, and you had it like 34-24 or something along those lines. Um, pretty close. Yeah. Lose by seven. So, we're there. Uh, man, I mean, let's start with let's start with the positives, right? Let's get people up, you know, last half full approach. What did you see that you liked in this game? I think I, think I want to start with the whole quarterback thing, right? I mean, we – all of us on this show um, – the last week's been saying it's probably gonna be Beaudry. It's probably gonna be Beaudry. It's because we have, we just have come to know Coach Petrino enough to know where he usually goes with these type of decisions. Um, we recorded Tuesday night thinking it was gonna be Beaudry, just our best guess. We found out, you know, later <laughs> the next day 
CJ Jordan was going to start. Uh, we were all pretty excited. We were trying to hide our excitement for as, as much as possible. Um, we we're super, super grateful that, you know, he was happy making that decision. He comes out there, plays three, four plays. Um, then Zach Borish breaks off that 70 yard touchdown rush. Uh, we also see CJ Jordan the rest of the game. Um, it appeared as if he got injured. We don't know what the injury is. Um, all I know is we saw him over on the sideline. Um, you can see him on the TV without his shoulder pads on um, it, in the first half, and he was back in full street clothes um, the second half. So don't know his status. So then, you know, Mike Beaudry comes in and plays. I, I think that's a massive po- – I'm going to talk about a positive of his, Chris, because I think that was Mike Beaudry's best game to date um, stat-wise. Yeah. People are going to criticize, um, you know, uh, people are like, oh, Beaudry's not that good or or – that last throw, that pick, you know, they're in the game, right? Like overall, we had not seen, he, 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 he threw the ball vertically. He challenged them. He challenged them. We challenged more vertically this game than we ever have before. He made smart throws for the most part, kept his high completion percentage. Mm-hmm. I was, I was pretty impressed. Like if that's the Beaudry we're going to get, however long CJ could be hurt. If that's a Beaudry we get, yes, this team can win five or six games, like six games. Like that's, that's possible. We all were thinking this is a loss, right? Like, yeah. I mean, this is the number eight team in the country. I don't care if they're missing their starting quarterback. This this quarterback beat Weber last week, and we also were missing our starting quarterback technically after one drive. Yeah, it the was guy who coached Pat- right, the guy who coached Petrino thought gave us a better chance to win got hurt in the first three plays. Yeah, and, and we still only lost by a t- touchdown at the end. According of the game. to UC Davis's sports talk, uh, Aggie sports talk, they actually are kind of in the same situation with us, where they like think that this backup is actually maybe better than Rodriguez. So, like, the whole backup mm. argument, I mean, I'm sure that's more of, like, maybe a vocal minority than a majority, but I did see people on their sports stack saying, this guy actually is, like, was really pushing to be the starter this year. So, it's like, yeah. and we saw it. He played, uh, what's his name, Miles Hastings, 15 for 27, 144 yards, and a touchdown. Like, it's not like he's bad. We just struggled with that Trent Tompkins fella who's their Zach I Borish, mean, and they struggled with our Zach Borish. This was a pretty even, even matchup. Game. Yeah, yes, we they hashtag let Tompkins throw. We just hashtag didn't let Boris throw. <laughs> hey, but Boris had that seventy yard touchdown run he broke off, Dude, so I can't be so too upset sick. about it, no. right? Um, you know, I mean, we're trying to. I, it was really late last night. I think you know, people are like why you know in our in our group message it was like you know why why are people disappointed? Like why are people pissed at the outcome? I think it's because if you look at the performance, the Idaho performance on the field, we need to be better in the red zone, right? Um, special teams will get there. Um. But we outgained UC Davis by 100 yards. Yep. Like, our 500 yards of offense last night. When's, against the top 10 team in the FCS, Chris, that, that allowed Weber, you know, nothing last week, right? Like, I, I, I feel pretty good. I mean, if that's where we're going to be, like, if we're going to be able to put up yards like that, I'm, I'm like, fairly positive. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the season with a little bit more uh, – not rose color, like a little, a little more happy, right? A little more, a little more positives couple going forward. I think, you know, there's no reason um, this team can't compete with anyone in the big sky if they have a good performance, right? They, they are, they have the ability to compete with anyone on any given Saturday, I think yeah. in the big sky. So I'm pretty, I, I took that away last night from that performance. Yeah. I mean, just, you nailed the quarterback competition. I mean, we, we're all excited to see Jordan, right? We put out a tweet and mm-hmm. everything. The Jordan era begins today. And then, unfortunately, you know, 
Injuries. The injury bug appears to have struck. As like you said, pads were off. He had ice. Uh, Brian Marceau is joining us now. Mr. Marceau, how are you? Hey guys, I got to be quick. Just a cameo, similar to uh, when Chris has made oh, a couple classic couple cameos. Calls in after he's had a few. But uh, well, give yeah, us your takeaways. Okay, don't know where the conversation's gone. If this is a repeat, guys, sorry. Uh, first takeaway is UC Davis is a top ten team. We we let we controlled a lot of that game. It I I hate that we lost, but Vandal fans have to at least be happy that our temperature right now after our uh, conference is we hung fine and we should have beat one of the best teams in the Big Sky. Um, lost CJ after a couple plays and Mike Beaudry was fine. Like I mean, there's there's a force stuff to critique like. UC Davis eventually figured out he was going to throw just about only short balls. They start sitting on some of the routes, and also they start blitzing much harder second half. But my first takeaway is, is Vandal, I'm I'm okay that on the road we hung with one of the best teams, outgained him by 100 yards, and should have won. Uh, but uh, the second takeaway is, Chris, don't know if you guys have talked about this. I'm pretty dang frustrated we should have won that game. Uh, we absolutely had the talent to hold, even with losing uh, starting quarterback CJ and having to change plans. And I, I think viewers probably saw it was a different offense with Mike in there than CJ. CJ, they're having him run a lot. It was a completely different different setup. We still should have won that game. We have to win that game. It's not a talent issue, guys. I mean, you want to say it's a talent issue for us to be a top 10 team. I'm okay saying that. But against UC Davis, we were fine talent-wise. We we looked we did not look outclassed in any any facet of that game. In fact, in moments we looked like we were just taking it to UC Davis. But if we're if we're going to outgain a team, we, we almost gained at 500 yards that game. If we're going to do that and only score 20 points, guys, it's going to be tough to win because our offense executes fine. We we've talked about it on the show a hundred times. We if we're not going to score around 30, we're just not going to win games against good teams. And hey, 30 would have won that game. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of hit on my big takeaway that we'll get, I mean, we'll get into it more because Alex and I are going to go positives, negatives, takeaways, but, um, yeah, I, I think you nailed it. Like, uh, we were kind of joking. You'll love this before you came on. We, the thing we struggled with most was their, their hashtag Trent Topkins got to throw and our hashtag let Boris did not get to throw. So that, that could have been the decider there, but we were right. I mean, our offense, which has looked pedestrian a lot of the time. Had outgained them by 100 yards. Our defense, all things considered, UC Davis is a good offense. They looked a lot better than they did it in the spring against that UC Davis team. Um, it, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a tough game. But um, yeah, you're welcome to stay on for as long as you want. But we're gonna switch back to positives real quick. <laughs> I'll do one last take and I'll let you guys run yeah. the show because I got stuff going on in the background. Um, also, I watch football till very late, so uh, that's why. Yeah, that's the well, morning that's, preview show. <laughs> well, yeah, no, watch uh, the Eastern game is fantastic, but also uh, I someone may have helped me with childcare to let me watch those games, so uh, I got got to put it on the other end this morning. <laughs> but um, no, like you, no, that was the thing was with Zach Boris too. Like Borish looked great running the ball. I mean, especially that broken sixty yard that sixty yard run, run he broke, fantastic. But teams like Davis. Once they figure, like, part of the deception of that play was CJ was in there, too. Part of, teams are going to figure out, especially good teams, that if Borsch is in there, he's never throwing. So, after that run, he did get another touchdown later, and maybe red zone, he he can be more effective. But 
other than that run initially, like UC Davis was fine when Borsch was in because they knew he wasn't going to do anything but run. So yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Give, give the dude a shot. There's no way. Also with a lot of the short passes that Beaudry's throwing, like you're just not going to sell me on Borsch can't make a couple of those. I mean, we, we need to see him throw, but in the, the scrimmage, his arm looked fine. So I, we'll, we'll be on this forever, guys. But if we're going to have him in there as a gadget guy, maybe let him throw a couple times just so it actually looks like a gadget thing instead of like, you know, Dan Hawkins sees him. Like, hey, what's going to happen? You, you know, he just knows it's going to be a run. But uh, I'm going to jump off, let you guys finish it. Can't wait to listen. Uh, yeah. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. So, Boatman. We've got yeah. uh, a UC Davis player joining us. I don't know if you saw that, Finn Rudd. And he literally, you'll love this, your punter is nasty. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> hey, hey, he had, I mean. Punter you, baby. Punter you. A, just as a stop. Um, I, we'll get into special teams later. Uh, positives, we have a good punter. Uh, that's my take on special teams. That's about all the good on special teams. Um, I guess kind of like, not a rebuttal, but like Brian's saying, you know, he said it got predictable that Beaudry was going to have to throw underneath quick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I totally agree with that. Like, like the thought that Beaudry only throws underneath isn't necessarily true. I think we saw, like, we saw more 10-plus yard throws in the middle of the field from Beaudry last night than I think we've seen ever. Right, like yeah, we he challenged he challenged him vertically in the middle of the field. He challenged him vertically down the sidelines. He challenged him on the um out in the flats with quick stuff. He challenged him in the middle of slants. Like it was everywhere. And I think once we we had to adjust um to throwing more quick stuff down the in, in the middle of the field, Chris in that third quarter is they started to blitz us a lot more. Yeah. And so I think it became more of a get the ball out of the hand quickly kind of thing. He felt that pressure. And I think, what does that go back to? I don't put that on Beaudry whatsoever on those. I put that on, on the offensive line, right? And we talked about a weak spot of this team can be the offensive line. Like our two weakest position groups, like nothing against these guys. It's our O-line and it's our secondary, right? And I think we saw that last night. When you have a quarterback who is not as mobile as CJ, or you, know, you have a quarterback like Beaudry who's not as mobile as CJ, it's hard to mask not great offensive line play sometimes because if stuff ever breaks down with like when CJ's in, you can just run, you can just take off. When yeah. Beaudry's in, it becomes, hey, we have to hit the ball out quickly, quickly, quickly. They started blitzing us with more middle linebackers. That's where those holding calls came in, and that's kind of killed some drives. And I think would have, uh, you know, maybe what cost us part some points off on the board there. So um, I wouldn't necessarily say agree with Brian that like, we got predictable with underneath throws. It was more like, I think we had to adjust to feeling pressure constantly and had to get the ball out of the hand fast because he was getting hit pretty much but, every play in the third quarter. But we only gave up one sack, which is also kind of impressive. Yeah, which yeah. Beaudry showed, here's, I don't want to get into the negatives, but we're just talking quarterback, right? Well, so I'm yeah. going to take the Yeah, I, I mean, off. we have, Man, we have we to. It's been, it's, been our, yeah. it's been our big thing. All, all off season, right? And we thought we were getting some some something to solve it this game. Turns out we just gave ourselves even more of a headache. So yeah, yeah, dude, trying to co-host and play producer is so hard. I'm like trying to take positives off, so I'm clicking negatives. People that are listening <laughs> are like, I don't get it. Tune into the YouTube show and you'll get it. I miss <laughs> Dallas right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like just talking quarterback play. Beaudry though, on a couple of those read options, man. Like we were sitting there, and because I had some people over, and we were just like. Dude, you've got to pull. Like, he had ones where he had 30 yards. I mean, I guess you can't see mm. if the near defender was there. But, like, yeah. dude, he had somewhere he could have pulled. Really? And had room. And if you look at my who's going to be quarterback one stats, 
Beaudry's surprisingly close in the yards per carry category to CJ and Zach Gorish. Because he had like, he had like what two or three rushes and they were both good, right? And I think it shows yeah. he needs to run run more potentially. Um yeah, he's like sneaky athletic. Like I don't think we don't really we didn't really get to see what our offense would have looked like with Mike Beaudry had three rushes for 16 yards. Yeah. So I mean, what is that? He's averaging over four yards a carry. Four times three or four times four is 16 yards. So, uh, that's, right. you know, running four times, that's a first down and almost had another. So, like, I'm not saying obviously he's a running quarterback. I think part of the reason he's good at running is because it's not expected. CJ went two rushes for 10 yards. So he's averaging five yards. Uh, and then uh, Zach Borish had the, uh, you know, negative 8.2 yards, which kind of sucks. But, um, or sorry, not negative. Uh, had eight point two yards, which is awesome. But I wish we could have seen him throw. Uh, but I thought I agree with you. It was kind of sad. We see CJ Jordan kind of show up, and we're excited. It's finally his era. It's the guy most of us wanted to see. Um, just like we said, we think we know what this team can be with Beaudry. We don't know what they'll be with CJ, and then Beaudry mm-hmm. gets to come in. Uh, so it's kind of like a double fake. It felt like I missed the part where he was hurt. And I don't think the announcers maybe even said anything. I think we just finally no. figured it all out. Which those yeah. announcers, oh, that say, was not we'll the best. That for, we'll we'll, not the we'll best leave that for negatives. Yeah. We'll the leave that for itself was pretty great. Yeah, like, the quality, production quality. They do like the the B roll scenes of like the nearby area, and I was like, this feels like an ESPN broadcast. I like this yeah. ESPN Plus thing. And then you just have like. Yeah, raspy voice dude, just like right, 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 right. Who just would say they would just guess names of dudes. Yeah, like say, oh, that was so and so, and then come back the next play. Like, actually, oh, that was actually that was... Andre Carter. <laughs> it yeah, was, it's like yeah. it's like what? And then like, yeah, I don't know. They they had some times where I was just like, what are what are we? What's happening here? Do they do yeah. we need to go down and be the UC Davis color play by play? Yeah. Then the other some other thing positives, too, I guess. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so moving on to other positives. Uh, quarterback play, I think we can settle that. They're like, Mike Beaudry looked serviceable. Like, uh, I, we, I and think we that knew he would be. We thought he would probably be the starter. Yeah. He looked comfortable. He has looked better in 2021 than he did in 2020. Mm-hmm. You can tell having a year under his belt in the system has been extremely beneficial to his development. Beaudry has looked good this year. And, yes, we know everyone's going to be like, but the pick. You can't like punish the guy for one major mistake in a game. I get it was in crunch time. And you're, remember, I mean, that's what one, happens. You're forcing it, right? Like, you, yeah. We were 20 point dogs in this game, guys. Everyone's giving mm-hmm. us flack for like, uh, Boatman and I picked us to lose by 10. Uh, I think Dallas picked us Both to lose 13, by like 14. 13. Yeah. And then I think maybe Boat or, uh, Marceau picked us to lose by like, it was either like 17 or 20, but we were all basically below the Vegas line of 20 and a half. So like we were more optimistic than Vegas was. And Beaudry yeah. showed that, you know, we could be good. Yeah. Uh, I, I, we're, we're, we're a frisky team. I mean, I guess like to move on to like other positives, um, we ran the ball. Well, we averaged over six yards of carry. I mean, and that wasn't just Zach Boris's 70 yard run, which sure helps. Right. But I mean, yeah. Elijah Cummins ran the ball. Well, like we, we got a lot of positive yards out of our, run game um i was really impressed with with our run game overall and you listen to coach Petrino on on ball game and parader in the in down the treasure valley this last week mm-hmm. he had even talked about they've ran the ball well and i would going into this game that was what they're hoping to do and i would agree that um you know 
we we can we can run the ball decently decently well, which does take pressure off your quarterback, no matter who it is, right? Yep. Um, receivers, trust trainer. Like I think that might be the biggest difference from the spring, Chris, is that like it, you know it was we still have Cottrell, we still have Hatton. Now you throw in trust trainer. Now you throw in Mackay Stevenson. You can throw Elijah Cummings a quick ball, right? Like we just have guys he can get the ball to and just go make plays. Um, yep. but trust trainer looked like a baller last night, uh, out there. And I mean that, that helps so much. And I think that could be maybe our, our biggest addition from the difference from the spring to the fall is we have better receiving core and that yeah. just like helps tremendously. Yeah. I mean, like who would have thought that like Cottrell Haywood three receptions, 49 yards. Like we we're just kind of like glossing over that Cottrell Haywood has been basically queued up to be the number one once cotton left. And like we've had recruiting with Hayden Hatton, we've had incoming transfers like Trainer and Makai Stevenson. And obviously, it's not that Cottrell's bad. It's like we've just given it to where he doesn't have to carry as much of a load, and it's benefiting this offense. Everyone is get more guy. He's get more open, right? Like yep. he he's going to make Trez more open. Trez is going to make him more open. You know what I mean? Like it just you can't you can't like if you're a defensive coordinator, you can't go. Like we have to bracket this guy. We have to like when we had Jeff, it was like we have to like we have to make sure Jeff does not beat us, right? Like that's what teams would do to us, right? Or when we played like a UC Davis in 2018, um, they had uh, was it Keelan? Uh, was Keelan, it? Doss. Keelan Doss. Yeah, it's like yeah. we cannot let him. And he didn't. We we still got beat by UC Davis, but we made sure Keelan Doss didn't beat us, right? Usually when you get to like this level of football, and there's a guy, they have another team has a dude. Like you make sure that dude yeah. does not beat you, um, especially at receiver. Stop so studs. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's a pretty big thing that, uh, at this level of football, um, where you know you get guys who are brought like you know everyone's good, but then you have another guy who's like here, right? Yeah, you can't do that with our receivers right now. Um, good good luck trying to find. If they want to stop Therese, like it's only going to make um, Hayden and Cottrell more open. So I mean, I'm I'm fine with it, and we have guys to make plays on that side of the ball. So I I feel I feel pretty good about the offense. I mean, 500 yards of offense against a top 10 team on the road our first FCS game and that was week five. So like, yeah. um, hopefully we take a lot of positives, um, from our offensive performance and translate it into, to not being pissed, but more like, all right, we can do this and, and like have a more like, okay, let's go, let's go do this from now on. Like make this normal. If we do that. Vandal fans be happy because that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. And just like to plug the interception at the end, one last little plug for Beaudry, mm -hmm. like Devin King is an all American caliber db i think he was mm. voted on one of the he either made the actual one or he made like hero sports as like class ones a couple of years ago yeah so like it's not like he got picked off by a scrub either like this is a guy with potential nfl talent like that's the kind of guy that's supposed to fool a quarterback who's getting his first real start in a year you right know, in crunch time and that that's what happened at the end of the day i guess like you mentioned it wide receiver looked good defense looked good uh, we gave, we, gave, we gave up three point six yards a rush. I mean, like, yeah. like I mean, sure the, the average first down every time. Yeah. At the end, I mean, I mean that's what happened. We we faced something we didn't plan to see, right? And that that can hurt you, especially as you get tired. That's our first game we've really been in. Had to play a full game, start to finish, where we're we're in it, right? So, yeah. Um, sometimes your your game speed might not just be there. Um. But I mean, yeah, the, the end there it got it got bad. But I mean, on average, we were getting those were gashing us, but we still averaged three point six yards a rush on defense. Like that's that's not bad against a team that has literally one of the best running backs in FCS football. Yeah, and yeah. A lot, a lot, we, yeah. I mean, yeah. we didn't let him, we, we didn't let him kill about, us. Yeah, we, we, we didn't even let him kill us. 
Yeah, how like Alonzo Gilliam like basically had a pedestrian day for his standards, which yeah. in its own is worth like if we weren't close in this game, we would have been bragging about how we held Alonzo Gilliam to only 64 yards, uh, 3.2 yards of carry. Like that yeah. on its own is success for most programs going up against this UC Davis team. And like right. I guess what I'm trying to remind people is like, yes, there, we talked about like for this to go right first, we had to catch them in a trap game. And it does look like possibly this was a trap game for UC a Davis. Bit. Um, they kind of fell into it and let it become that trap game. But like at the same time, Idaho played played well and we're all people are only mad about this game which is what's so weird because so many people had pretty much rid us off it, like within our own fan base and then when they saw that we were leading and we gave it second time you know we've played uc davis and sacrificed the lead uh i think it just pissed people off and we're about to get into the negatives and we'll talk about why but like the positives here guys you gotta remember uc davis is a top eight team going into this they're ranked i think number f- six or five in my poll like i have them higher than eastern washington like, this is a really good team. They're a team that I said was a dark yeah. horse this year. Like, this team could very well be the class of the big sky. They've already beaten Weber State, who's the four-time defending champ. Uh, we look to be exactly what we thought we were. Like, uh, we talked about the rest of their schedule. They don't get challenged again until right. Eastern in, Eastern. like, early November or late October. Yeah. Like, this team yeah. probably goes undefeated. Like, at the end of the year, we're going to look at this and go, we lost with a chance to win this game to potentially – the number one team in the country. We'll see yeah, how the I rest mean, of the season goes. But they could very well, by playoff time, be the number one ranked team in the country. I think like, overall, you've got to take positive. That. Overall positive. I, I'm going to break this up into overall po- positive performance. We performed like g- great, good to very good yeah. on field performance, right? I think that's for the most and, part. Well, well, performance wise, good performance. That's why you could, the, and we'll get into we'll get into negative. the negatives, which I think. Well, not talk so much about the performance, but more other decisions. Yeah. So I think this one was simple. We got out coached. I mean, why do you yeah. go for it on fourth down? Like a couple times that we did early where we were like on our 40, giving them the ball in their good field position. But then at the end of the game there, it was what fourth and three, fourth and four. We had been moving the ball. Borish basically looked unstoppable other than the time he got stopped on fourth down. I know that they did stop him on fourth down. Dude, I mean, not even just to, before I backtrack or just hit the easy dunk on that field goal decision. Um, even kind of what Brian was saying, there at the end of the game, Paul really started to revert back to his shallow crossing routes. On one of those thirds downs, I think it was Cottrell and Trainer literally about ran into each other just doing a shallow crossing route. And I'm like, why? Like, cause I agreed with you. We had actually looked pretty good about pushing mm-hmm. the ball down the field. I don't mm-hmm. know why in that moment we decided to revert back to kind of shallow crossing routes. And it just felt like when crunch time came, we folded and we got two opportunities at it and basically pissed both of them away. And I don't think that I know Beaudry threw the pick, I don't think that much of it was on the players. I think the play calling down the stretch there in the fourth quarter with five minutes left to go, just kind of put the nail in the coffin for us. Um, I literally, I don't have a lot of negative takeaways other than we'll probably get to the field goal and the decision for that, but it just felt like most that game, we actually were playing better and almost bullying UC Davis a little bit. But then like Dan Hawkins realized that, holy crap, I'm getting out coached. And he just like flipped the switch 
and they were able to do what UC Davis was supposed to do. And Dan Hawkins proved that again, he's just a better coach than Paul. I mean, I think the the spot that you got to that 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 kind of changed everything is when they brought in um, the running. They're 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 boorish. What's his Trent name again? Hopkins. Yeah, if they don't do that, I think we win that game. Um, yeah. You know, well, I mean, they that, scored- that little touchdown celebration too. Where they're all just like. Yeah, I mean, and then they have the excessive. I'm like, I didn't see anything excessive about that. What do you mean excessive? Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, it's it, yeah. I don't think uh, I'm not sure if you're if you're Hastings. That's the good move to do if you're already the backup and you know you're going to lose your job <laughs> as soon as Rodriguez comes back. So that's interesting. Um, as soon as they brought in Tompkins, though, it completely changed the game. Um, I mean, it was late in the game, right? So it was the first game Idaho was in. Like had to play start yep. to finish all years, right? So um, we hadn't gone through that yet. Guys are naturally going to be tired. Um, you know, first, first, first conference road game that plays into it. They waited to do that until the end of the game. Um, and because of that, like, not that we got like lulled to sleep, but you get like in a mentality, like, all right, I know like you, you, have, your mind has been, has been trained to the point, um, where you're familiar with what's probably coming. You know what I mean? If they kept doing the same thing with Hastings and Alonzo Gilliam, we probably knew what, like not knew it was coming, but you know what I'm saying? And then they just completely just flip the switch on us. Um, which then adds a whole nother level. And then you have to start thinking even harder again. Right. So that's a great coaching decision by, by Hawkins there. That just kind of, I think we weren't ready for. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you can chalk that up to, and it, I mean, it shouldn't be happening, I guess in year nine, but I don't know if you can chalk that up to again, you know, first game we've had to stay mentally sharpened from start to finish and it shouldn't happen. I'm not trying to make an excuse, but like, you know, um, I don't know if we've, we've had, we've been in that level this year. Um, I guess, you know, special teams uh, killed us again, except this time it was PAT field goal, two blocks. We should have gone um, in halftime up four. We had a PAT blocked and then we missed, missed a field kick. goal at the end. Like that's four points yep. at the end of the and game then, there. Do then that, then that field goal, that field that field goal, goal makes, makes absolute sense. sense to make. And obviously it gets blocked probably anyways, but like, you know, yes. Yeah. At least going into that, then we're there's not even questioning Paul's play calling there of going for the field goal because it made absolute sense to tie up the game. I just we left I, four I, points I, on the board. We left we left seven points just, on the board and we lost by seven. I just I just don't know why you kick a field goal with, with four minutes left and three timeouts to go like, down by four points. I you know I mean because the worst case scenario you miss it and they're getting the ball right about where you would have got it making it anyways because making that field goal did nothing. Because if you make yeah. that field goal, we're still down by more than a field goal. Yeah. Yeah. So we I mean, would have had to score the touchdown anyways. PAT field goal, um, I mean, cost us cost us the game. You know, you know what I mean? Like like a mi- a miss and two blocks. Like I said, I mean, that's that's seven points we just left hanging there, right? I mean, that's that's the game. Like we that's that's literally the game. Is yeah. set seven points. Um, I don't know. It's uh, yeah. I think I think that hurts me the most is because like it's something you literally think about the least, right? Like like, like when you think of special teams, you think of oh, like punt, kickoff, the return game, right? You, the last thing you think about is how do we properly block a PAT field goal? Like how do we properly? protect our, our, our team as a PT field goal. And it was not, the operation was fine. Snap, hold, kick all. I mean, minus the miss. I mean, nothing was, nothing was awry there. 
um, from what I saw to warrant a block. The only thing that warranted a, it was I saw where it came up on that last one. It came literally just right through like the guard tackle. Like that's I mean it's just all that is all all that comes down to Chris is they just wanted it more. That's what that means. It means it means your guys mailed it in and their guys didn't. And that and that and I think like PT field goal is literally all effort in terms of blocking or trying to get a block. It's literally just all about effort. Yeah. And who's actually there's nothing. It's like the simplest thing, right? It's literally the simplest thing. Like you have to block for two seconds. You have to just hold a guy for thousand one. Literally stand them up and don't let them get a foot forward and it's in. I mean, you can even give it penetration. It's just about they have to get back there so far. You just literally have to hold your ground as a three hundred pound human being, right? Yeah. For just a second. Yeah. Stand wide. Yeah, and so I mean, it's it's it literally comes down to all effort. I and I damn well know uh, either tonight um, or Tuesday or Wednesday they're going to be in full pads doing PAT field goal for probably two periods, which is it, ten straight minutes. It's just what and we've had four block kicks this year through four games. We're having I mean, a think, blocked kick a game and haven't and even and even think kick. and even think back to Cades. Um, you know, in twenty, think back to think back to Cade's career as a field goal kicker. Twenty eight. Think of twenty eighteen. Think of our time in the Big Sky. We have had so many kicks blocked. Twenty eighteen, yeah. twenty nineteen, spring twenty twenty. I don't know if we had any blocked in twenty twenty. Um, and then this year, like we're talking, it's been it's been a it's been a pattern. We just keep giving up PAT field goal blocks. Like I think Cade one year went like twelve to seventeen because like four of them were blocked. Like I mean, come on now, it's just. Like why I, I just don't know how how it keeps happening. I, I I just I just don't I don't get it. It's like our linemen just like when they get to it, they're just like, okay, like here we go. Like it's just you know, I I don't know. It just it's it, it pisses me off. And I don't know what the problem. I don't know what the solution is. Yeah, because it's it's, it's it the simplest thing. It, it no, I mean, anymore. I mean, little on the decision didn't make sense. It just didn't. But then the fact that you can't even execute it, that's just like getting kicked in the nuts twice. Like mm-hmm. that's like you're laying on the ground and then somebody they come back and finish it. Like that was just that made it so brutal that like when that happened, right. I literally did not think we were gonna get the ball back. I was like, the way UC Davis drove down there at the end, just up the A gap, up the A gap, up the A gap, mm-hmm. and it was just like, What are we doing? Like Noah mm-hmm. Ellis played freaking great. Jonah Kim played great. And then in the fourth quarter, I don't know if it was just legs or what, like that run defense just kind of like frick. The speed. Frick it was Gilliam almost had most of their yards there on that like last drive. And it, and was it just comes like, down It comes down to having to defend multiple guys, right? It yeah. comes down to quarterback it, it just, and keep. It finally broke is what it was. And it's, it's, what, it's what we bent, talk about. Break, and then it finally. But even then, even, even then, it actually still just bent at that final drive. We got the ball back. back with a minute and 45 left. With I don't care how many time, only have no timeouts. Minute forty five in college in ball college football is stops on first easy. Down, stops is, out of bounds. Not, I mean, not it's easy, but it's not impossible. It's, it's not impossible. impossible. It's not the NFL. It's, it's where the clock. It's not the ticks, NFL. Ticks, right? Ticks, ticks. Right? Like it's two ways to stop the clock in college. Yeah, yeah. Like you know. Dude, it's, speaking uh, of which, quick side note: Did you see the TCU Texas game? No, because it was. Uh, I was. I was at work getting ready for the WVU Bro, game. Talk about. I don't know this wide receiver's name. Somebody needs to look him up. This wide receiver with like TCU making a drive before the half breaks his freaking leg. Like you see, it's one of those legs and it just snapped and you immediately like, oh, I think he broke it. He gets up because they don't have timeouts and literally hopped off the field and collapsed. 
And everyone's like, what is he doing? Get down. And you look, and it's like, oh, well, he got the first down. But if he lays down, it's a 10-second runoff with nine seconds left, and they go Because they have no timeout. And yeah, that's I'm a... just like, that guy's a warrior. <laughs> like, <laughs> show, I'm like, shows... if I break my leg, I'm taking a minute. Like, it, show, it, shows, it shows you you can really, uh, if you really want it, you can really, uh, if, really hey, do he it, he right? wanted it more. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted it more. more. But sorry, that was yeah. a total side note. No, we were talking uh... about minute drills, like. You can, a guy can break his leg and get off the field and keep the clock stopped. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, there the defense wore out there at, at the end. But I mean, but even like we said, like it finally broke. But then at the end, it still just it bend not break. Right. Like it'd be so easy to roll over and demoralized after they had just scored two straight touchdowns on you and you have to give up a blocked field goal and it was the game. Like that's that's easy to roll over. I mean, in the defense, credit to them. Like they gave up a little bit. We got the ball back with a minute forty five left, um, and you know for a chance to go. Tie, tie the game up. I, I mean, kind of also talking about different um, game management points. Like we burned two timeouts this game. Classic. Out of out of a change of possession. Yeah. And we kept when, getting. We had these we burned drives. Two, yeah, you can't you can't do that. You should have. Like we came out ready. with a punt. We came out and we had to burn timeouts because Bowdrey was going to take a delay a game, and Paul had to call a timeout because Bowdrey took a delay, took a game. delay a game. So there was another part yeah. of the game where we probably would have, but it was early. Like we and, and that's and that's on and that's on quarterback mismanagement, not not Petrino. Yeah. Those those so he had to burn timeouts because guys, you know, I, I that's I think things like that are some of my biggest pet peeves as a football fan is when, um, is when stuff like that happens. Like like he has a play called and then guys like go out there. I don't think they realize like how much time ticks off. I, you know what I mean? Like it's. It's just dumb and idiotic to think, but I don't think guys realize or are plugged into how much time actually ticks off. But I mean, you know, I, I guess to wrap up the negatives, right? Like we got to execute better on, on, you know, just the, the tiniest little things. If we're going to be a team like that, again, that is a top 10 team in the country. And yeah, we were even talking about five. it on our show, on our show um tuesday night that some of us thought that uc davis should be number one in the big sky power rankings not not montana going into this week we really thought uc davis should so some people could have made an I argument UC that davis above eastern right now after the i eastern probably would have i might put i probably would have ranked uc won. davis i yeah. probably ranked uc probably, davis i'm doing this if right i would have voted last episode. week but i but i didn't watch uc davis the week before oh my god the bears just did some crazy stuff Anyway, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't vote. I didn't vote last week. They returned like a fumble, and Khalil Mack pitched it to a dude to run for like another twenty yards. Wow. Um, yeah, but I didn't watch. I didn't watch enough games last week for me to vote. But if I would yeah. have, I did know the Weber State UC Davis game. I watched a little bit of that. I would have voted UC Davis one in the Big Sky Power Rankings last week. Just, just be, like that's that's a hell of a win for them going into that. Like we were twenty point dogs. I mean, and a half. Yeah. You know, and so I mean, it's uh, you know, if you're gonna win a game, if you're if you're gonna win games versus UC Davis, Eastern, and Montana, you can't do you can't get that little stuff wrong. And I guess to kind of flip back to a positive, until literally the last the second last play of the game, um, we were winning the turnover battle. We we took care of the ball. We took we took care of the ball until that last play of the game, right? Like we took care and that. And that's and that's fantastic. So if you're gonna win again, and we always say like, what needs to happen for us to beat UC Davis, Eastern Montana, right? Like, what do we need to do? Take care of the ball and get the little stuff right. And I think if that happens with this team, we are good enough that we can actually win games. Hey, and let's talk real quick because I've seen it pull up pull up in the uh, 
the com- comment YouTube comment section a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, what a punting battle. Because this did come down to field position. Somebody was right. There wasn't a lot of sustained 80-yard drives. There was a lot of big gap plays or starting the ball close. Mm-hmm. Lightborn, seven punts, 322 yards, average 46, had a long of 67, had two pinned down in the 20 with one being a touchback. Daniel Whalen, who was, uh, I believe, All-American, or at least was first-team All-Big Sky last year, also seven punts, 339 yards, so a little bit longer, averaged 48.4, 61 yards, four inside the 20, and a touchback. So there you go. Like, we had to start inside our own 24 times. Like, yeah, I mean, we had we did like, the same thing to them. Were actually, pretty big in this game. Hey, it's uh, guess what? Yeah, punting matters. It's telly, it's my favorite favorite play in football, right? I mean, never, never is there a play where there's so much yardage up for grabs, right? Um, and it's it's a, it's fun because you're literally just cha- you're literally turning the ball over. It's a it's a it's a forced turnover you're doing. Um, guys are flying down, and that's why college college punts are more fun um, because of. They don't have to block like NFL does, so guys get out and cover more, and some stuff gets to happen. But yeah, uh, hell, hell of a hell of a hell of a punting battle. It was it was fun. I I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I feel pretty good about that. We got to get better at uh, at the kicking game in terms of PAT field goal, yeah. and that's yeah. that's 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 about it on that. Yep. All right. Well, let's move into takeaways to wrap this thing up. Um, what does this game do? to change your opinion on Idaho? Um, you know, I mean, I guess like something quick about, about UC Davis is they've got outgained a hundred yards each, their last two games. So like, I, I, I kind of find that interesting. Like it, that's a hard thing to, if they keep replicating things like that, grand, their schedule gets really easy the rest of the year. Um, but that either shows you how much better of a coach they have than a lot of people like out Hawkins out coaching Jay Hill last weekend too. Um, I like that's hard to sustain that success. Like it's very hard to, to, to get out gained and keep winning games. That's something you don't want to keep up. So kind of turn it into the, the Idaho mold. If we keep just out gaining dudes and if our offense works well enough, like things, things will happen eventually. Right. Like, like you win the yardage battle, you know, that's a good, that's a good, um, barometer of how the game can go, right? There's stuff that happens yeah. in between, but if you keep winning yardage battles as Idaho, that's a good chance that you're going to win some good football games. Takeaways, I feel I feel comfortable. Like, we didn't know what this team was. We sat here for, like, six weeks, Chris, and, like, had to just guess what we were going to be in the in the big sky because we had no idea, right? Yep. Um, I, I don't think there's too many teams out there talent-wise that – are better than Idaho, except maybe Montana top to bottom. Like everyone say, what about Eastern? They just beat Montana last night. Yeah. That's because of, not, not because of one dude, but kind of because they have maybe the best player in FCS, but like top to bottom, I would put out, I, I think Idaho competes well against anyone in the big sky performance wise. We got to clean up some little things, but I feel pretty, I think I feel pretty good relatively to like where we could have been out of this game. Right. Like, yeah. I'm positive, you know, I guess it all depends on what happens homecoming next weekend, whether we kind of sail it and go, well, we're actually not a bad team. We can just kill Portland state. Cause that's really easy to do. And it's kind of also a look ahead spot for us because guess what? We got Eastern and Montana on deck after that. Yeah. Um, and, but so yeah. I, I feel pretty, I feel pretty good about where we should be next week. I mean, next week we'll tell, I kind of already in my head think of where this get where, where we're going to finish. But I'll save that for Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, because we'll, we'll, we've got some – that's the funny part. We still have to break down Portland State and what might happen with the quarterbacks. If it yeah. is possibly concussion, 
CJ could be ready to go. Do you even play CJ at this point? Four games. Still slap the red shirt on him. We'll cover that more on Tuesday. Um, yeah, the, the takeaways for this, like, dude, our running backs, I love it when, like, I had a watch party, right, with a couple people who this is their first game watching Idaho. Maybe they tuned in a bit for Indiana, right? Like, maybe. But, like, this is our first real sit-down watching of it, and they were all just like, dude, I love our running back room. And I'm like, yeah, and Nick Romano didn't get a lot of running in this. It looks like Roshan still probably a little banged up because he didn't get a lot of running in this. And I'm like, Andre Carter got to look like he bounced back a bit. So I'm like, our running backs are maybe the deepest in the big sky. Like, we have, like, four or five dudes right now that can absolutely mm-hmm. ball out. That was a plus. Beaudry has proven that we are the exactly in the role I think we are going to be in this year. And I know people don't want to hear it. We are a playoff spoiler this year. I don't think we're going to be a playoff team. I did say I think we will beat one of these ranked teams on our schedule. We will either we did obviously didn't do it against UC Davis, but we showed that we can hang. And that was on the road. We get Montana at home, Eastern, which we've proven like, you know, we actually almost beat them last year on the red. Why not? We get Montana State and Bozeman to close out the year. Like, we will probably beat a ranked team this year. We will play playoff spoiler, and Mike Beaudry is the perfect quarterback to play playoff spoiler. That is where I'm at with this team because you got to play playoff spoiler to become the playoff team. So, like, mm-hmm. people got to view this as an unfortunate timing because, you know, Paul's on a lame duck contract next year, so that's a whole different conversation. But this year, we probably get tripped up by one team we shouldn't. Whether that be Idaho State, NAU, Southern Utah, Portland State, I don't say so. I think we're better I mean, than NAU. Not them. bad. Yeah, NAU. Yeah, yeah. I, I smoked Idaho State. But I, I think I agree. we beat a team we shouldn't, and we're going to lose to a team we shouldn't. So looking at the rest of the year, one, two, three, we'll probably win three more games. So we'll be a classic Paul Petrino. Uh, no, five, four, four. So we'll probably be five and six, and then it's Paul's best if, record in three seasons. If we go six. If we go six and five, right? Like, I mean, six and five with this toughest schedule we have, that's the positive year ish, right? Like, it's where the big spoiler sky, role. Where, where the big skies, you know, if, if you put yourself to win six, if, you were, if we're looking down the bottom weeks of the year and we're playing our last couple games and we're looking at either six or seven wins, like, if we can just, pl- I'm not saying like that's what's going to happen, right? Things can still go sideways. I know Idaho football, like, I've been around it my whole life. Um, things can still go get weird and go sour or like, you know, a team can take a game like this and just kind of run with it. Um, I guess I'll, I'll address Jake Schneider's coming. Like, what are we great at? I'm gonna say we're great at running the football and we have a great front seven. Like that's our identity, right? Like, like our identity, we're we're a a physical team. Like that, that's, that's our identity. I mean, look at why we've beat Eastern the last few years. It's because we're more physical than them. That's why I was their coach addressed it in media days. Like yes, hey, somebody like, straight asked them. He goes, "We struggle with physical teams, like I know." Yes, so but that's our Montana. that's our identity. Even if we don't have a great offensive line in terms of pass protection, we are still a physical team when it comes to running the football and stopping the run. I mean, we literally held an All American running back to like nothing until he literally had to until he literally had a, a running quarterback to open up lanes for him. And open up yeah. opportunities, right? Like that, like that's that's a great front seven. Our front seven had a couple sacks last night. We had more sacks than they did. Like we saw more pressure on the quarterback. We started dialing up some better blitzes, I think, um, there in the second half. Like we had some good stuff going. Like Dan Hawkins knew he had to make a change because we were out physical and we were winning the physical battle versus them in that second half. You know, we were content with just trying to kick their ass, and we were kicking their ass physically. Until they had to change quarterbacks and change the way they they had to get space and time, right? They saw what we were doing with Borish and said, "Well, we can do that." 
Yeah, they have their guy. So, I mean, that I think to, to answer Jake's question, like, what's our identity? What are we great at? Physicality. Nice that's which that's is, why we that's that's which is fine, and that's is, why we beat. Take Eastern. it back to our Big Sky preview episode. Yes, freaking Colton Nuanes. We're all sitting here talking about oh Tyler Vanderwall, Eric Barrier, blah blah blah, and then he's the guy, you know, kind of the gatekeeper of the Big Sky. Been around it the longest, covering it the most, kind of the the most credit credentialed person in the big sky to have a, a take other than Portland state being top five. Like God, that's going to keep just sticking with him. But uh, he literally said, is the big sky still a quarterback league? And we were all kind of like, what do you mean? Of course it's not. He's like, Weber state's had terrible quarterbacks the last four years. And they've won the conference four Montana. years in a row. He goes, Montana, Cam well, Humphrey's bad. He, yeah. Eastern Washington has had arguably the best quarterbacks in the conference for the last five years. And they've only won the conference tw- twice in those five years. Like, so he's saying he's kind of got a point. Like, is this a quarterback league anymore, or is it a defense first running? Montana State went to the playoffs with a linebacker at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like this, the Big Sky might not be a quarterback driven league anymore. We just need to figure, look at what we done with Zach Borish. I now I am super against going triple option. I know more and more people seem to be warming up to it, but like him in that wildcat role is extremely, extremely lethal. I will say one thing about Borish. We did see him get come away limping one play last night. I don't think we saw him after that. So right. I'm right. Can we think about it. Giovanni McCoy. Think think about think about it. Man, this Bears game is so ugly, man. Um, the Lions had a pick anyway. Yeah. Uh, we didn't wrap this but no, no. Anyway. But I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying. But think about it, right? Like I saw yeah. Borish come away limping from one play. Right? They showed him like. Coming, I don't think we saw him play after that. I hope everything's fine. I hope maybe it was just like a precautionary thing, or I'm completely wrong. Stinger, they yeah, they did line. play a game, some plays after that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I mean, this is not a quarterback league anymore. I don't think, like, right? Like, it, if it, I think Beaudry can be better than Cam Humphrey at Montana, like what, what is, you saw last night, is right? <laughs> exactly. Like, if you put Beaudry on Montana, they probably even won a game. They probably they beat, beat Eastern, they beat Eastern yesterday. Beaudry has beaten right? Eastern, Cam Humphrey right? has not beaten Eastern. Therefore, Cam Humphrey, Cam Humphrey was going to lose to Mason Petrino in Idaho until they had to bring in Dalton Sneed again. Yeah, remember that? Like yeah. I, I was we there. Were up, we were up like we thirteen gonna, zero. We, we were going to win the game. Montana, and they then it was to, like played. the Undertaker came, and you're just like dong, and the smoke, and the lightning, yeah. and all of a sudden, and there's Dalton Sneed. Dalton Sneed runs out. And you're like, oh, well, that was fun while it lasted. And sure enough, Dalton Sneed. Cam Humphrey was going to lose to lose us. Mason Petrino, a quarterback in Idaho. Nobody is listening to a team that was hurt. Pumping Cam Humphreys is not that good for two years now and all the Grizz fans are like big sky people are like, no, 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 you guys are, the Idaho game was a fluke. The Idaho game was a fluke. I'm like, no, he's I not firsthand. a good quarterback. <laughs> I, I was, I saw, I was there on the field watching that game, right? Like I saw it happen. I mean, so yeah. And if, if that, if our, the identity of our team is physicality moving forward, you know, I'll take Beaudry. I, I think like, I'm ready. Like this is a boat. It's just wide Beaudry this year. I could get, I could Let's get killed on this take. I could get killed on this take, Chris. I think we match up well versus Montana. If I could get, I could get killed. If we have a performance where we play our style of football and play a clean game, we match up very well versus Montana. Really? Right. They like that. I'm not, I could get killed on that take in a few weeks, but from what I've, what I've seen Idaho progress, cause we haven't seen Idaho play Montana since in Missoula in 2019, where we were actually beating them with their current quarterback. Right, yeah. <laughs> like where we were actually being more physical than them for that for that game, I think we match up well versus versus this Montana team, um, and I do think we'll steal a game versus an Eastern Montana or Montana State. So I don't know which one. I think we will. I want to close it out because we did have a lot of UC Davis people tune in today because they yeah 
Talk about people always wanting to like thin down the big sky and the California schools usually get the scoot. Dude, I'm all in. Let's trade Sac State for UC Davis. Clap to you guys. Your fans are awesome, man. So like it's a good, it's a good it crowd. It's a good, like crowd. a good crowd there last you night. Yeah. You guys have been like super interactive all week. One of the best, like away fi- well, I guess away. We were the away team. Away fan bases to come watch our show when your team was playing. Yeah. So thank you guys for that. Like I'm all in on keeping Davis. Plus, we already know that that's they're probably FBS in the next ten years if moves happen because probably the some of the too, best, but. probably some of the best uh, fan interaction from an opposing team. I'd yeah. say like so like congrats best to you guys. It's like you guys, my- Montana and Eastern. I would say are the yeah the schools yeah. that interact with us the most. Um, so that's awesome. Thank you guys for that. And hopefully we can get a playoff matchup with you guys, and we can do this all over again. Huh? But yeah. real quick, is UC Davis the best? I'm filling out my big – Brian already sent out the poll while we've been live. Is UC Davis your number one team? Would you, uh, are you going to mark it down on this show? They'll be, my number number two. They'll, be my, they'll be my number two. Behind Eastern? I have to give it to Eastern. I was I was pretty out on Eastern um, saying, you know, kind of questioning some of their wins um, up until up until last night. Um, so I am – I'm going to have to go with Eastern. You beat the big dog, you're going to be the big dog. Also, True. based off of principle dog. alone, if we – also, Idaho was what ninth in the Big Sky Power Rankings last week. We've been bottom like quarter or third of the league. Yeah, this will be and another we, you lose but move up, right? Like, who else? Well, I'm saying, I'm else saying like I'm saying for UC Davis, right? Like like who had a better win? Eastern who, had, who was three or UC Davis at two True. versus us? Te- technically, yeah. right off off of rankings. So I'm going to put UC Davis at two, but I I would feel comfortable. Um, I would love to see UC Davis versus Montana. I really, I really would love to see UC oh. Davis versus Montana. Oh, you, you can tell Brian Marceau was listening live. He heard, he heard his name. <laughs> is this, is this about Cam Humphreys or Big Sky Power Rankings? Oh, did he freeze? Oh he man, froze. I think he's on his phone. I'm, I think I gotta go with. I, th- I still think UC Davis though is a. Uh, I, I would I would love to. They're top three team in the Big Sky, in my opinion. Right, like I think if I had to make a bracket, it's. Eastern Montana, UC Davis. Second bracket is Weber and um, Montana State. Um, everyone else after that, who the hell knows? Um, man, is Brian, Brian's having some fun technical difficulties. Listen, real quick, Brian, are you there? Because we're about to close, and you look like you are f- like trying to call us from the middle of the woods. <laughs> He's in the middle of the woods. Anyways, yeah. thank you guys for tuning in to the Tubs of the Club. We – we're 20 and a half point dogs, everybody. And we hung in there with one of the best teams in the big sky. One of the best good teams, teams win. Great teams, Great cover. teams cover. And we'll see you guys on Tuesday for the next preview. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. And now, oh yeah. It's time for a Colby, a cuff to play us out. Go Vandals. So <laughs> raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the Vandals and the craft. I'll just out there living the dream Part of one and only Moscow drinking